In this era of social media perfection, we often are better able to see curated accounts of success, but very rarely, if ever, get to hear about the grit, challenges, and moments of clarity it took to achieve that success. Do you have really big dreams, but sometimes feel stuck or overwhelmed? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Treasure Hunters. This is the podcast for people forging new paths who also need a little inspiration and truth from people who have walked the walk. I'm Lauren McKnight. I'm an artist, creative, and fellow seeker. Now, I've already lived multiple lives at this point, and along the way, I've been extraordinarily blessed to meet some very interesting and inspiring people. Every week, I get to sit down and chat with my fellow seekers while they share pieces of their very unorthodox journeys, they drop practical gems, and give us pearls of wisdom that we can use along the way. This is Treasure Hunters. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, fellow seekers, for another episode of Treasure Hunters. I'm your host, Laura McKnight, and today I have the beautiful, wonderful, accomplished, magical Roscoe Spears on with me today. If you don't know who she is, I don't know what rock you've been living under. She's an artist, creative director for The Lip Bar. Um, If you ever see me in lipstick ever, 10 out of 10, that is what I'm wearing. And I'm just so excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Roscoe. Hello. Ow, ow, ow. Ow, ow. <laughs> so I always start my show by asking my guests, and you don't have to answer this right away. You can sit on it while we're talking and answer later. But I always like to ask if we were to meet younger Roscoe, who or what would she say she wanted to be when she grew up? Oh, younger Roscoe, how old are we talking? You could give me a range. You could say six-year-old Roscoe wanted to be a cowgirl and I would be okay mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Nine-year-old Roscoe definitely wanted to be in the WNBA. I thought that I was, the, I know, it's, it's wild. I thought that I was the best at basketball and how it started was I was in the fourth grade. I entered a free throw contest. Um, this was held after school. I think I made like nine out of 15 shots, which was more than anybody else at the time. So I joined more than me now. Okay. I was kind of fire if I'm gonna be honest, (laughs) but we started a basketball team at the elementary school I went to in Detroit. And I was one of two girls on the basketball team. I thought that I was all of that. And at that very moment, and the year following, I thought that I was going to be in the WNBA. So here's what I get from that. If you don't believe in you, ain't nobody else going to. That's what I'm saying. Can't nobody <laughs> tell me nothing. I That's love that. Yep. See, I learned something I new every single time <laughs> I talk to somebody that I think I know. I learned something new every single time. Yep. So... You know, really what I wanted to engage in conversation with you today is like, you know, your artistry and, you know, as Mm -hmm. a creative, you go through several seasons in your life and the evolution of what that art looks like changes. And I just wanted Mm -hmm. to kind of chat with you briefly about, you know, where you were maybe pre-pandemic versus where you are now. Like, what is this, Mm -hmm. what is your creation and expression looking like? from that point to this? Because we've had a lot of life changes, amazing life changes 
<laughs> in their pocket. So I just, you know, kind yeah. of want to chat with you a little bit about that. Um, let's see. Pre-pandemic, what was I doing? Pre-pandemic, I was living in New York. I was in upstate New York in Beacon. Um, of course, still creative directing for the lip bar. Um, getting to know this new beautiful town, eating lots of food, drinking lots of drinks. Um, I was still traveling for work, which was fun. I our office is located in Detroit. So as creative director, I produce all of the photo shoots, video shoots, all types of creative. So I typically did that in Detroit. So I was back and forth a lot. Um, and that was pretty much my life pre-pandemic. <laughs> Pre-pizzeria, yeah. Papa Pig, all the things I call it, except for pandemic, because I'm over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And what were you doing in terms of just like your personal creation? Were you, were you finding space to make your own art? Um, so what was that I looking like for you? Wasn't. So my okay. own art um, is painting. I really love painting. I have a signature design. And when I was in Beacon, I really wasn't inspired to create at all. I'm actually trying to think back to that space and imagine even where I would have been creating. And I had a space that I used as like my meditation room. But I think I maybe painted just a few commissioned pieces and they're like really small pieces. But yeah, that really wasn't my jam when I was in New York pre-pandemic. Like I wasn't painting for myself at all. I was really wrapped up in TLB. TLB. What were you doing for yourself when you were in Beacon? What other things were you discovering? I was really, I just got engaged. So the day that I moved to Beacon with my fiance, he proposed. I think that was his way of saying, thank you so much for leaving New Orleans and <laughs> coming back to New York. Cause um, baby. <laughs> so yeah, I think that I was kind of like living in that bliss, you know, and that was in September. Um, we traveled a little bit during that time. And then the pandemic hit that. February I think or that March mm-hmm. but right before that we got a puppy my little Archie he is literally the light of my life um he took up a lot of my time <laughs> it was like uh, yes. having a whole little baby but um that's what I did I really explored this new city I spent a lot of time in nature I did a lot of hiking um hung out with Archie hung out with my husband and that's about it and worked and worked and nature, you know, I know personally that like you are just like the woods, the, the, the wood nymph that I aspire to be in my life. Um, can you talk a little bit about how nature has really just like expanded you and pushed you and kind of, you know, made you who you are at this point? Because you obviously in the pandemic, we all had a lot of time to do a yeah. lot of things in nature. But I just want you to talk to me about, you know, how that influences your day to day now. Mm -hmm. I think it's like my safe space. So growing up in Detroit, growing up in the hood (laughs) in Detroit, like it it wasn't a lot of nature, you know, we had our random trees, we had our grass and that was about it. Like, it's not like we really went to a park to find peace and clarity and to relax and meditate. Like we were going to get on the toys and then we go home and we go in the house and that's it. We may go across the street and play baseball in the field, But that's like, you know, the extent to my relationship with nature back in the day. But now, you know, it's something that I literally couldn't live without. Like if I'm feeling stressed, if I need like a, I call going outside my smoke breaks. (laughs) Like whenever I'm 
like when I used to style, if I used to work at a studio, like people would go out for their smoke breaks. I would be like, oh, I need a sun break. I just need to go outside and smell the fresh air and look at some trees. Like I just need this 15 minutes to myself to be with nature, to chill and come back to myself. But um, yeah, I think it's like my safe space. Like it's, I mean, I'm a huge fan of deep breathing and I can get into that later or we can talk about that another time. But being in the middle of nature, surrounded by trees, grounding or earthing like with your toes in the grass and deep breathing and you know actually being one with nature in that way is um is kind of life-changing yeah well share with me a little bit about the the breath work because you know again being a city kid breath work nature these are not things that like we hear a ton about or know a ton about um so yeah definitely share with me a little bit more about how that paired with nature influences you know how you kind of navigate through the world yeah just on its own um I would like to say that deep breathing kind of changed my life um like if I've ever been in a situation where pain was unbearable like dealing with fibroids or anything like that um that's kind of the only thing that would help me so medicine wouldn't work a hot water bottle wouldn't work but I had to learn how to breathe deeply and that's the only thing that would kind of ease my pain um and I think that that's kind of an analogy for life so anytime that I'm feeling like stressed or anxious or anything other than amazing I just try to take some deep breaths and I mean doing that outside in nature is just like you know times 10 <laughs> times 10 I know yeah, times I mean- 10 you're literally living my off the grid dreams. Can you, and just like going back a little bit, like how did you even decide you wanted to be an artist or a creative? So like, I know, you know, certain, certain schools of thought, you know, your parents want you to do better, elevate, nobody's mm-hmm. saying go be an artist. but I feel like everything you do is artful like you literally Mm -hmm. cannot help it so I just wanted to hear a little bit about that journey and what it's looked like for you um let's see I went to school for criminal justice and I got my master's in criminal justice administration and while I was (laughs) while I was getting my master's I was also teaching in uh I was teaching in Grand Rapids. I was teaching a business administration at this high school. This is my sweet baby. She's waking up. Um, But while I was teaching, working on my master's, it was like my last semester at this school. And one of my friends, his name's Lawrence Lamont, he's a director. He was on this film and he trained. He was like, you should come style it. And I was like, style it like I don't I don't know how to style people but I like dressing myself and he was like you should just come do it we got a little bit of money it was like a thousand dollars and at that time I was broke and I'm like a G for a summer to put clothes on people let's do it so I um I kind of wrapped up my teaching there that summer I went to Detroit and I styled this film for him uh and it was fun it was basically a zero (laughs) zero dollar budget but we had a lot of fun and that was the moment where I was like, oh, I can get paid to put clothes on people. This is something that I want to explore a little further. So I spent a year in Detroit that next year, I think it was 2011. And um, 
I was working with a collective there. So we had like one person on our team who was doing the videography, one person was doing the writing, I was doing the styling, somebody was doing the filming, and we were like doing commercials all around New York, basically. And after mm-hmm. that, I was like, well, if I really want to play in fashion, I should move to New York because that's the fashion capital. <laughs> so moved to New York in 2012. And a couple months after I got oh. there, I was um, I was interning at Alice and Olivia under their head stylist, a woman named Cleo Wade. She's so amazing. She's um You say so casual to Cleo Wade. Maybe you've heard of her. She's so amazing. <laughs> but um I interned with her back when I first moved to New York. And then shortly after I worked with one of my homeboys at Brooks Brothers and I was assisting him styling. And at the same time, while all of this is going on, it's also when we started the lip bar. So that was in 2012, February. Um, So I'm like getting my footing in New York, trying to see who I can assist with styling. Also, creative directing (laughs) for the lip bar. Didn't know what that meant at the time. But um, yeah, from styling for those years, I learned a lot about production and photography and what a good photo looks like, what a good model means you know what I'm saying like what does it take to be a good model when casting um just all of those things how to make a call sheet like from suits and up how you make a production I kind of learned all of that from styling um which kind of helped to form my role at the lip bar and how mm. hey sweet girl oh, oh. No. okay but how I started my role at the lip bar Melissa, my homegirl, she started the brand. And when she started, she kind of like reached out to her closest friends to build her team. And I was the artist of the group. (laughs) And she was like, oh, if you're the artist of my friend group, you should be creative director. So we kind of like figured out what that meant along the way. Amazing. Amazing. I don't think I ever really got like the whole story here. I was just like, oh, Roscoe, she emerged fully formed and just came here to get all of us together and make us better. Um, And I was okay with that story, but this one is even better. It was a very roundabout way that I got here, honestly. (laughs) I was gonna say very, but you know, there are no mistakes. And so- how you're able to like ground yourself as you're moving through these twists and turns and changes in your life that you could have never foreseen is like pretty miraculous. So talking about where you are now, so we're still (laughs) mid Pandora's box and (laughs) you've now gotten married to my amazing cousin, which now makes you my amazing cousin. Yes. And you guys have given birth to this magical, beautiful baby. Um, and we talked about this just before we started recording, but like, what is inspiring you now? Are you inspired? Like what, what's pulling, what is, what's pushing Roscoe through day to day right now? Uh, let's see. Noah, my daughter is pushing me through day to day right now. Um, and I guess that she's the source of all of my inspiration. And it's not really a, a creative inspiration that I'm getting right, right now. So she's forcing me to um, be more patient and to <laughs> relax. Like I've been on maternity leave for three months and I've never been this still in my life. 
like not in the past 10 years. And it's been a struggle because I'm so used to like going on, going mentally. Mm -hmm. And since I've had her, like, this is what we do. We chill and we sit down and we take naps. (laughs) So it was, um, for a while, it made me really anxious. Like, I feel like I should be doing something with this quote unquote free time. Okay. Like I should be, she's over here fighting now. <laughs> oh. Yes. Noah, you're on the show. Okay. You, all you had to do was ask. I would have said yes. <laughs> but yeah, she's, um, I felt like I should just be more productive. I'm like, I'm not at work. I have all of this time that I'm just sitting at home. I should be doing something else. Like I should be spending this time painting or doing photography that I'm interested in. Um, and it just hasn't been possible. And it's forced me to really just be still and to appreciate every single moment with her and to relax and, you know, kind of really understand what having this maternity means. Like I really need to be with my daughter and spend time with my daughter. and. <laughs> connect with my daughter and not try to be self-productive that was her part excuse <laughs> me excuse me I mean it, you know it's just so funny it just seems like in your life or just from what I'm chatting with you about just the natural progression of things you know you're talking about connecting to nature grounding yourself and breath work and you know, all of that has to be so integral to how you maneuver day to day with this little peanut attached to you (laughs) because moment to moment, who knows what's going to go on? You know, she could be giggling and having the time of her life or she could be super pissed and she can't necessarily talk to you about it. So figuring out a way to, (laughs) Uh she's about to turn up. (laughs) Noah, my girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Noah said, "Nuck if we buck, feed me. Oh, Thank you." She's having her lunch now. <laughs> <laughs> but I would just, you know, it's just remarkable to me the flow that I get from your from your story. So if, if there's anybody out there who listens to this who is like very much attached to the hustle of being a creative, because there is a there's a joy to it, and there's a expression mm-hmm. and a freedom, but there's also very much a hustle mentality because it's mm-hmm. feast or famine for many. You don't oh, know what's going to happen. Starving, starving artists. That was a real thing for me for at least six years. Yeah. <laughs> so if you could impart any wisdom um, about your journey and your experience and maybe boil it down to three words, it doesn't have to be a phrase. It can mm-hmm. be three words. What would mm-hmm. those words be to share with somebody who's, you know, I'm an artist. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in my blue period. What do I do? What are the words? What are the magic words? Magic words. I would say persistence, flexibility, and freedom. (laughs) We love it here. Persistence, flexibility, and freedom. Um, I'm literally writing those words down because (laughs) sometimes your girl needs to be reminded uh, Listen, I need to write them down too. <laughs> okay. Assistance. 
Yep. Wrote it. Um, that is, yeah. Love that. Love that for, for them. Love that for us. And, you know, my, my final question, what I always like to ask people is if you were to actually have a mantra or words of advice for your younger self, what would they be? Oh, this is, um, this is not my own, but it's a quote that I kind of live by. I learned it in grad school. I was doing a group project and this was a chapter that I was given. This quote was in this chapter. I forgot the name of the chapter, but the book was, um, the seven habits of highly effective people or something like that. But anyway, the quote is between stimulus and response is the freedom to choose. And that's like my life's mantra is, it's what I live by. It's literally, oh, okay, okay, let me talk too much. Is kind of how I make all of my decisions. Between stimulus and response is the freedom to choose. So it's like when something happens, you have this moment, and it can be days, but you have this moment where you actually get to choose how you're going to respond to whatever that thing is. So it's like, I always think about when, um, one of my exes uh, cheated on me. I was really sad, but I told myself, I was like, all right, I'm gonna give you three days, three days to deal with this and be sad about it. Then you gotta get over it. But it's like, if you always choose to be happy in the end, then you don't, you don't live a good life. <laughs> but you always have to take that time and take that moment to really think about how you wanna react to a situation. So that would be my mantra for my younger Come son. on, wisdom. <laughs> it's so true you know anytime I've ever acted on impulse when it's a, a diff- difficult situation it's never ended well yeah taking that anything. moment to just like ground yourself remember what's important take the mm-hmm. information you have and then make a choice mm-hmm. to move like one way or the other put yourself at the center and understand that you're most important and your happiness is most important yeah, your response can be totally different if you take the minutes to think about it. You just saved a lot of people's lives today <laughs> <laughs> with that one. I've actually, yeah. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is something that's been on my like to read list. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you just inspired me to maybe like put that at the top of things to do. Yeah, it's a damn. I have to go back to it because it's been over 10 years, but it's really good. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Roscoe, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners today? Um, not really. I love you. I love you. And I'm proud of you. And I'm so happy that you're doing this. Um, I love you. (laughs) And I'm always super proud of you. I honestly am your biggest fan. I don't Uh care who else hears this, who also calls himself a Roscoe fan. (laughs) I am the biggest. Fight me. (laughs) Um, thank you so much for doing this with me. Um, like I said, you're so inspiring and amazing and I just can't wait to Um, share your little nuggets of wisdom and I can't wait to see what this grounding and the stillness produces later like I know that it could be a decade from now before we actually really get to see it but I really look forward (laughs) to seeing what it unfolds into listen even if it takes 10 years I'm really really excited too (laughs) same girl same all right guys can you share with the people where they can find you on the interwebs and be inspired by you. Yes, I am on the interwebs on all of them at Roscoe Spears. And that is Roscoe without an E. Roscoe without Spears. an E. We're not eating chicken and waffles. We leave that there. <laughs> Roscoe Spears. 
at Rascal Spears on all platforms. Thank you so much yep. for joining me. Thank you. We'll see everybody next week.